You're listening to the Circle and Rectangle Show, Australia's newest A-League and W-League-based footballing podcast. Hosted by two blokes with exceptional footballing knowledge, mediocre footballing ability, and zero podcasting experience. Man, I still love that intro. It takes me back to early A-League days. I just can't get enough of that song. Honestly, I think I was 10 when the first A-League season was announced and... Yeah, maybe 11 or 12 when the first season actually started. So that's going way back into the childhood. Um, how you been, Jamie? It's good, yeah, to, no, good to be back. Yeah, it is. Good to be back after a pretty good show last week, I, in my in my personal opinion. A little bit too much on the wrong side of 30 talk for my liking, but you know. A little bit too much. And um, mate, we're going, we've changed it up again because we're in the same house. We are in the same house. In fact, I'm pretty sure you're directly above me. I'm not. I'm... You're at, I'm at the front right, you're at the back left. You, I'm currently in my, my room, and you're in my old room. Yeah, I am in the under the stairs in the computer room at Nugget's house, which gives me a lot better sound quality than what you're used to hearing from me at my house in Armadale, so don't complain. I'm not complaining, mate. I moved out of there 20 years ago. I'm more thinking about the fans complaining that my sound has totally changed and now they can hear my sultry sounds. You just keep thinking yourself that. Um <laughs> But no, it was good. It's good to have Jamie down from Armadale. He's yep. uh, back to work now, mate. That's not looking good, is it? Nah, Friday's my first day back, and I'm kind of dreading it because it's been a beautiful five weeks off, and now it's back to reality, I guess. So I honestly don't know why you're complaining. Your first, what, three shifts back, you're sitting down doing nothing anyway. Yeah, but that could change. You know, things could happen. I might get the call up, which I'm not looking forward to, but you know. What, get the call up and sit down and do nothing again? Yeah, but with a little bit more responsibility, but you know. Just a little bit. That's what they pay me for. That's what they pay me the big bucks for. Unless, you know, this episode just booms and we get thirty or 40,000 ep- listens, then I don't have to worry about doing that anymore. That's where you guys need to come in. We need you to spit it around. We can only do so yeah. much. Pass, pass the, the pod. pod on. Peter Shout Crouch, Peter pass Crouch. the pod. Yep. <laughs> on the same page. But, um, you're down from Armadale, mate. You got down early in the week and, yeah, in the weekend, actually, and we, got to, uh, we actually got to hang out. Yeah, took in an A-League game down in Wollongong together, along with your brother, seeing your boys' team play the Wollongong, oh, sorry, the Wellington Phoenix, and uh, pretty good game, to be honest. I enjoyed it. I was just rooting for goals. So yeah, it was, and, I, and, and goals there were, so um, yep. it was really good. Kind of a little, probably I'd say an underwhelming crowd, considering Wollongong were backing for an A-League team, and now they've yeah. got one, they're not really supporting it. So if you're, if you're from the Wollongong area, giving a listen, just, I know they're the Wellington Phoenix for now, but just get behind them. The Wolves will be there soon. Yeah, you want to prove to the FFA and the APL that you guys can support a team? Get behind the Phoenix. Show them that you want football there, and you're the next logical option. It's you in Canberra. Like, really, let's be honest, you should probably have a team already, but you haven't. Get out there and support the Wollongong Wellington Phoenix. Slipped up again there. Make them your team. Get behind them. Pack the crowds. Show the FFA and the APL that you want a team and that you can support a team, because I know you can. I'm from that. I've been from that area. It's a great area to live. It's a great stadium to watch football. Like that was an amazing setting for a football match. I actually really enjoyed it. That's just, my first time at Wynn Stadium, and that was—it's a really good venue to watch. Oh yeah. Probably a little bit disappointing television broadcasting wise, uh, wise considering the um the hill was empty because yeah. they've uh, closed that off for the current time being. But yeah, same with Western United now announcing that they're going to take what two or three games down to Tasmania. Yeah. Get behind Tasmania United, the MPL side down there. So any Tassie fans listening, this is your chance. Get behind them. Yep, pack that stadium, show that you can support a team. You do it in the AFL to a lesser extent, but this is football. We know you want football. We know there's so many ex-English pats down there. 
Pack the stadiums out. Support Western United. Don't complain about it. Just get behind them and show them that you're worth having a team there. The first professional sports team that's not a cricket team to play in a, in a national league, basically. Okay, okay. The, the Big Bash is a national league kind of thing. Uh, but, but that's 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 a different sport. A sport that I do enjoy, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about A-League and W-League. and The results are in. The results are in. Fuck, I love, doing, I love listening to that intro kind of thing um good good start to the to the week i'm gonna say good because yeah yeah we all know exactly what we're talking about yep. friday night's fixture saw adelaide united three defeating top of the table central coast mariners two tommy urich getting a hat trick of somehow penalties three <laughs> uh, three very well taken penalties yeah all gotta give him that all three in the same direction, just uh, bottom corner, top corner, and then into the side netting. But Mariners did start off well early. They um, took the lead in the 15th minute with uh, Danny De Silva get, getting a hold of a very poor back pass by oh, Jordan yeah. Elsie to round the goalkeeper and slide it into a basically empty net. But then then it started, 34th minute. Jamie? Yep, Stephen Mork. Stephen Mork, sorry. Uh, judged to have been brought down in the box. By Tongik from the Mariners. Uh, VAR stuck with the decision. Quite surprisingly, I'm trying to hold my tongue. Um, and yeah, Tommy Uch slid the ball into the bottom corner and uh, brought Adelaide back into the game. Yeah, um, Somehow. really, really out of nothing. Adelaide are now equal uh, equal going into half time, but perfect substitution by oh, Alan yeah. Stadjic, bringing on your favourite player this season in the A League, Alu Kual, scoring his sixth goal and joining Matt Derbyshire on the top of the golden boot leaderboard. He's a superstar, isn't he, Alu Kual? I mean, we, we heard Nick Montgomery talk about it early on in the show, in episodes in the show, how much he's come along and how he wants to take that next step and go to Europe. And, you know, you say he's alongside Matt Derbyshire, but with Alu Kual, it's not been... He hasn't got goals in big bunches. He's just been consistently scoring goals. It's been two goals here, one goal here, one goal here in consistent games. And this one was a perfectly taken strike in off the near post. Not much the Adelaide goalkeeper could have done about it. It was just hit too well and it put Mariners back out to a 2-1 lead. And what I thought was going to be the winner. Yeah, deserving 2-1 lead. The Mariners really, really look good again. They are really looking themselves a team yep. this season. But in comes Stefan Mork again in the 70th minute. <laughs> yep, uh, another... Dubious penalty awarded uh, against the Mariners, and uh, Tommy Urich steps up again to make it 2-all. Somehow, the referee just kept allowing Adelaide to get back into this game. I'm trying to hold my tongue. <laughs> and not only did they allow them back into the game, but VAR strikes this time, and another penalty. So that is three penalties to Adelaide United. Handball after from uh, Kai Rolls after a Mohamed Toure goal-bound shot. This one, look, VAR, I think, made the right decision in this one. I think you can award the penalty for that. But considering where the play was situated, can, um, after that handball, which no one appealed, let yeah. me mind it, no one appealed for a handball, the ball was then sent down the other end of the field and Central Coast got a really good free kick and in a very attacking position. And then four minutes later, the penalty is awarded. Yeah, that was ridiculous how long it took him to decide. And like you said, we're down the other end of the field. Mariners on the attack. Oli Bazanic about to score a screamer from the free kick. And then five minutes later, we're back down the other end for a penalty for a handball that, let's face it, 
Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, it was probably the right decision the VAR made, but, I mean, no one appealed for it. It went... The ball had gone down the other end. It had been two minutes before we they even stopped the play to have a look at it. Like, when when is... When is too much time allowed? Like, when do you cut out the line? Like, what if the play just continued on for five minutes, then there's then the free kick gets awarded to the Mariners? Do they go back all the way back to there to have a look at it? Like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, it's a bit of a iffy situation with that. And, and some some have been calling this a me, another third dubious penalty. They're kind of considering the um the shot did it deflect up off Kyle Rowell's leg into his arm, where therefore it constitutes not a handball because contact was made with the body before so it's unintentional kind of thing or did it come off his face into his arm i'm i'm going to back the var in this one i think the correct decision was made and um adam fielding overturned his original decision of not a penalty to a penalty and tommy urich slides home a third goal to complete the hat-trick of penalties yep and sink the mariners to a defeat that they didn't deserve no i don't think they did and then to rub salt into the wound Kyle Rolls received a red card after the match. Yep. And it's also, red. I mean, I'll leave this for the spray, but what the hell did Alan Stajic get a yellow card for? I mean, the way the commentators talked about it, he'd not really spoken to the fourth official the entire game and hadn't said anything, and then all of a sudden he's been yellow carded. Like, I just feel like Adam Fielding lost control of the game. But I'll, I'll leave it till the end <laughs> because we've got a hell of a spray coming up later hold, on in the show. Hold your tongue. Don't give much away. But we've moved on from dubiousness and Adelaide getting a much-needed win. I wouldn't say a deserved one, but they did need it Yep. to really kickstart their season after a thumping last week to the hands of MacArthur. But we move on to the Saturday fixtures. First Saturday fixture went to seeing MacArthur Bulls, the MacArthur FC side, travelling south of the border for the first time as they took on Western United in Ballarat. Beautiful town. Lovely town of Ballarat and a yep. lovely little oval there where... Is this? I don't know the stats, but we go. We went earlier in the season. Perth Glory were the first team to score five goals a week and then concede five the next. <laughs> MacArthur Bulls tried their best, scoring four against Adelaide United and conceding four to West United as they went down four-one in a very dominant Diamante performance. Yeah, he was absolutely phenomenal. The the way he moved the ball when they went in, like from on counter attacks, was just beautiful. We saw the the ball that he played to set up Dylan Price for the third. I mean, what well, MacArthur didn't play bad. They had their chances. They played really good. But Western United, everything just went went right for them. Mark Rudin sent them out there with a tactical plan to sort of absorb the pressure and then hit them quickly on the counter. And it worked perfectly. He turned those giant centre-backs from MacArthur around and they just couldn't deal with the pace of uh, Western United going forward. Just just a, such a dominant display from Western United. And give give credit to uh, Western United goalkeeper Philip Curto making some really good saves and two goal line blocks. The first one, I couldn't remember who did it, but I know Tomoki Imai, the Japanese player, really, really good goal line clearance off a deflected uh, Ivan Franich shot that kept yep. kept MacArthur out of it, but they uh, Western United did open the scoring early on in the 26th minute through Spaniard Icar Guaranchana. Lovely, lovely finish into the bottom corner, and I thought that was a yeah. lovely pronunciation of his name, too. That was a very lovely pronunciation of his name. I'm glad you said it, and not me, because I See? just couldn't even pronounce See? pronunciation right. Western European, I'm all right. It's those Eastern ones that get me. <laughs> but no, you're right. It was a fantastic strike and kind of out of the blue too. MacArthur had, had a lot of the running early on in that game and just a little bit of a run down that left-hand side of the pitch and a great strike caught Adam Federici looking. Yeah, lovely. Lovely strike into the bottom corner, but that didn't stop there in the first half as United went in with a 2-0 lead with 
Besar Berisha now scoring against every single A-League club and moving to equal second on the all-time goalscorers lift after Diamante played a lovely little ball and Adam Federici is a great goalkeeper, but in this situation found himself in no man's land. Yeah, um, it didn't look good for him. I mean, granted it was a two-on-one regardless, but the fact that he came to the ball, stopped, and then made another decision to go forward when it was too late, not a good look. Again, two-on-one anyway, there's a chance they score regardless because Barisha is a killer striker with that type of situation, but not a good look for him. But yeah, Barisha getting on the board again. That's, like you said, every every team in the league he scored against and equal top goal, uh, equal second. second goal scorer in Australian National League history. But yeah, and then they are, the second half started and you said MacArthur were very... like they, It wasn't that they performed poorly, it was they just couldn't, couldn't get it through. The second half they started on the attack and sure, one... I had one shot cannon off the crossbar from Matt Derbyshire and then yeah, the uh, another goal line clearance block before the ball went down the other end of the field with birthday boy Dylan Parias, happy birthday son, getting on the score sheet, scoring his third goal for the season. And just he looked really good doing it. Just um he picked up the ball after a lovely over the top through ball from Diamante and yep. just the awareness from the youngster to look up to see if there was a player in a better position but backing himself and sliding it into the bottom corner. Yeah, you could see him definitely take a hard look like, Oh, am I gonna take this myself? But no, slotted it beautifully into the bottom left-hand corner, showing the confidence that you don't often see in young players to take the ball forward. Kind of back your ability. We know he's a good young player. We know what he's capable of, and you know he showed it in this game. But Diamante's ball was absolutely phenomenal. Just straight away gets the ball, turns around to go forward, looks up and sees Parias out on the right, right wing running and just played, I mean, the perfectly weighted ball to hit him full, in his full stride to keep the pace going. And... I mean, yes, it was a good finish, but the assist was even better. Yeah, this is tremendous over the top, boys. How good is class? Class is permanent, yep. they say, and really, really fantastic ball from Diamante. And then, yeah, another goal line clearance from Tomoki Amai before Bessart Barisha goes to second overall in the goal scorers list. Uh, goal scorers list, sorry, after another fantastic bit of skill from Ikar Guaranchana. That drag back and then shot was phenomenal. That yeah, he just I'm. It's disappointing he didn't get the goal from it, but Bessar Barisha, the man on the spot, taps it in. Yeah, just, as you said, that perfect drag back and hit all in the sort of one motion. You kind of look at Adam Federici, the way he sort of handled that ball once he realized it went past him. Didn't really get the greatest grab at it as it came back towards him and almost knocked it with his left hand straight into the path of Barisha, who was, as always, the quickest to react and Johnny on the spot to get that second goal. And, like you said, second on the all-time goal scorers list in Australian football history. One hundred and thirty-seven to Bessart Barisha. Just crazy. Like <laughs> he knows what he he knows how to put a circle in a rectangle. That man does. He does. He's probably the expert at it in the A League. I don't think we've had many better than him come through the league. You no, know, you, I think you I think say, only uh, I'd say only one better. Archie Thompson. Yes, because he is <laughs> top of the goal scorers list, and in his own in own way, a fantastic striker. But Bessart Barisha, you know, he left the league came back, and he's still just as good as he was when he left. And Mark Rudin's made a hell of a good signing by bringing him in last year when that was the, the new team on the block. Yeah, it's a fantastic signing from Mark Rudin there, bringing him down. But then the 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 gate finally opened. Matt Darbyshire finally breaking through with a lovely cross um, from Lockie Rose to Matt Darbyshire head into the bottom corner, the back stick, to get his sixth goal of the season to tie it. Well, Stay equal with Alu Kual. He's yeah, not not the tallest player in, in the football, but he loves getting his head to the ball. I mean, he is Reminds. taller than me. Yeah, that's not hard, but Billy Sharp's taller than you. Another man who likes to head the ball who's not actually tall. But um, yeah, 
he's starting to you know produce the performances that we all expected of him. I mean, like we said last week, he could have had six goals last week. He comes away with three. This week, he had the shot, the cannon off the bar. I don't know how he didn't score that one, but he gets his reward in the end, but just not good enough. 4-1, going down. Uh, Ante Milicic wasn't a happy man. Um, but Mark Rudin, tactically outclassed Ante Milicic. Tactically, yes. So they had a thumping win for Western United over newcomers. But then we moved on to the second game of the Saturday fixtures. Late kickoff saw Sydney FC host Brisbane Raw at the lovely Jubilee Stadium out at Carlton. What a thrilling game for nil all. It's the best nil all game I think I've ever seen in my life. So many chances, end-to-end stuff. Both teams had plenty of chances. The momentum swung uh, each way throughout the game. I don't know how Sydney FC didn't score. Bobo, as soon as he comes on the field, the beautiful cross from Bomjohan. Unbelievable save from Jamie Young. Just shows how class of a goalkeeper he is to just, just get his foot there. Just instinctively stick his foot out to block that. It was a goal for all money. But like I said, just an entertaining game for Neil Law. Sydney FC probably should have snuck, snuck it. They had probably the better of the chances. But credit to Brisbane. They sort of run into a bad couple of games, only picking up a draw out of two games. But, you know, come back here against the defending champions who, let's face it, aren't playing as good as they probably can and get a draw is a huge result for them. They, Warren Moon's got to definitely be happy about that. Yeah, back-to-back nil all draws for uh, Brisbane. And, yeah, fantastic save from Jamie Young. But don't discredit Andrew Redman. He pulled off some really good saves as well. But I think Brisbane Brisbane really thanking the post because he said no twice <laughs> after Ryan Grant struck it. Twice <sighs> in the space of 10 minutes. Unfortunate. See, Ryan Grant, we know, we know you did a good thing for charity by shaving off your mullet, but I think it gave you superhuman powers in the box. Grow it back as soon as you can, please. Yeah. It was really it was really difficult I wouldn't say difficult to watch more that's a bit over exaggeration, but it's just very different seeing Ryan Grant without the flowing locks behind him. Yeah, it's definitely something that we've gotten used to over the last couple of years, but you know, that second one I can't believe it didn't go in. I literally sort of saw him in the position as he hit it, and I don't know, it must have been in slow motion because I'd looked away just assuming he scored. And then you look down a second later and they're still playing on and there's, it's still nil all on the clock. I just can't believe he hit the post twice in the space of a minute in that sort of situation. Very unlike him. Very unlike him, but it's kind of unlike Milos Ninkovic as well. That defensive performance he put in was absolutely unreal for the 37-year-old, 36-year-old, whatever. He's older than you, that's for sure, but Jesus Christ, what a footballer. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely he's definitely still got it. Age isn't really affecting him. He... He doesn't have that game that need, you need to be young and fit. He's just sort of got that glides up and down the pitch. But you're right, defensively, he was on fire on uh, Saturday night. It's amazing that he, he has been as good as he has. Probably one of the probably the best player in the league for as long as he has. And he's still turning the performances, even though he is, you know, he's on the closest, closer to 40 than I am, that's for sure. And still still starring for the champions, basically. I would say probably behind Bessart Barisha. Yeah, or... Bessar Barisha goal-scoring-wise, yeah, top of the leader, but I think Milos Nikovic, as just as footballing ability and technical ability, yep. would probably have to be the best overseas player we've seen in the A-League, yep. without and a doubt. Um, like, he's just constant, constant performance as well. And I'm counting Del Piero in that, Thomas Broich, Shinji Ono, Dwight York, all the big names that we've had come over here, but just purely on his consistency. Yeah, 100%. He's been doing it for so many years now, and he hasn't dropped off, and he hasn't. He's had opportunities to leave, but he wants to stay at Sydney because he knows this is where he plays his best football. It's a great city to live in. It's an okay league to be a part of, great country to live in, and you know he's the best player in the league, and he gets a decent wage for it. Yeah, it is a growing league, so we that's what we're here for. We're here to grow the league. You're here to grow us. We Everyone supports everyone here in Australia, and we love it. But we move yes. on. We move on, Jamie, to the Sunday fixtures. 
with the first one seeing Newcastle Jets down in Melbourne, and they haven't conceded in two weeks. They make it through. Yeah, unbelievable performance when you consider how they started with four losses on the trot. Craig Deans has got the job now. Great decision from the the higher-ups at Newcastle, and like you said, three clean sheets in a row. Duncan's been amazing. Angus Thurgate gets the goal. Just signed a new deal. The Port Macquarie Pele. Um, just, I. Uh, it's it's a defensive performance basically. They Melbourne threw a lot at them. Duncan had a phenomenal game with a number of great great saves that easily could have been goals. Melbourne victories keeper had some good saves himself, but Jack Duncan for me was the man of match. But that setup from Yule for Thurgate's goal and how well it was taken was just something really nice to see. Um, you know, as a fan of the Jets, um, to see them beat the victory, I, I think I speak for everyone who supports the A-League who doesn't speak, support the victory. <laughs> it's always good to see the victory lose. We love you, Melbourne, but it's always good to see one of the biggest clubs in the league lose. Just like we're both kind of happy when Sydney FC lose. So Both kind of, but it's... I, as much as I like digging on Melbourne victory because they are from Melbourne, it's kind of kind of hard to see probably this yeah I'd say the second second biggest club in Australian football history down the bottom of the ladder after they have won they have won four championships yeah and they're down in bottom I'm sorry if I sounded incredibly happy when I just said yeah but um <laughs> you're right um they are struggling big time this season and they struggled last year as well Grant Brebner is under a huge amount of pressure for what the way they've started they don't tend to keep managers for this many games when they don't win many games he is a club legend, but so I'm hoping that they give him a little bit of time. Um, we'll get into it in soon, but tonight's result was a huge positive for him. But you're right, it is weird to see a team that's equal top of the titles, you know, with Sydney, struggling at the bottom of the table. I'm trying to stop smiling. <laughs> it's all right. This is a podcast. No one gets to see our reactions. We're all <laughs> we're both here with massive grins. But oh yeah, I think one of the biggest highlights from this game as well is um, Yugarkovic. Yes, Iron Man performance. One hundred, the first time ever. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time ever in A-League history, a player has played in 100 consecutive matches. No yep. injuries, no suspensions, an Ironman performance. Yep, and there's a reason why this doesn't happen often, because it's very hard to keep the level of form that you need to keep yourself in that starting team or playing matches. And you're right, no suspensions, so he's never accumulated five yellow cards, never gets injured. He is just He's just the consummate professional, and it's good to have him at the Jets, Shame he's going to the Wanderers next season, so you've picked up a good one. But, I mean, that's a hell of an effort. 100 games without missing a game. The Iron Man himself, um, fully deserved. Just And he's a good player. Like he is one of, He's probably the best player in that Jets team. He's so much quality oozing out of his boots. And yeah, just to play 100 games, man, that's, in, that's incredible. So I, I, didn't, I didn't look up the stat because I didn't really have time, but just doing general maths, we've moved on. We've gone, I think, three... Three full seasons and then obviously the nine games in this season, at least. It's an incredible performance. Yeah, I would say it's probably close to that fourth season as well. I'd say close, yeah. They don't tend to play finals, so you really only look at it regular season <laughs> games. They they used Hard to play to finals. They used to. Used to, and, and, and we're going to get back there. The way they're playing this year, I can see them finishing in the top six. That's the thing. Like Even with their losses, they weren't playing badly. They were in the games. They were unlucky to concede goals and just weren't lucky enough to get their own. So they've been playing good football all season. It's just good to see the results starting to come. And, you know, with players like Ugarkovic in there where you know you can rely on him week in, week out for 100 straight games, it's got to make it easy for Craig Deans because he's been there for just as long. So Yeah. uh, Outstanding performance from Craig Dean getting the top job. And now we'll move on to the game that we actually got to go see, which was Wollongong uh, Phoenix, Wollongong Phoenix, Wellington, versus the Western Sydney Wanderers down there at the lovely Wynn Stadium. 
Uh, two all. You wanted goals, Jamie, and you got goals. Yeah, great game. I, I remember we were sitting down in the chairs, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, "Who am I going for?" I don't really care. I just want to see goals scored. And you're right, we got goals, four of them. Um, you and your brother are both Wanderers fans, so not a great result for you guys. I think this can still be positive with a draw. We have spoken how you feel like the Wanderers may miss out on the finals, not because they don't win, lose a lot of games, but because they draw too many games. And this was another one where they really should have come away with the win. Um. I'm going to stop you there. I actually think we should have come away with a loss in that game. Oh, really? I don't think. I honestly don't think we were good enough to win. So I'm I'm disappointed with a draw because always, everyone wants to see three points. But I'm I'm really happy that we came away with a draw. I thought Wellington Wellington really outplayed us. Um, Ulysses Davia was un, unreal. He's him and um, Piscopo. Piscopo, yep. Piscopo was unreal. Um, Especially yeah. in that first half down the end where we were sitting. Yeah, it was it was amazing to watch. Always him taking on um, young boy Tate Russell. But yeah, didn't take long for you to get your first goal in the ninth minute through uh, Mirza Miratovic. The first yeah. goal the Wanderers have conceded from open play. Yeah, bit, bit bit crazy. Yeah, But it was a great play. Beautiful pass from Ulysses de Villa straight through the middle. I don't know how he got that much space, but my sort of big reaction was it was Tate Russell. The shot came in, keeper saved it, and he sort of stopped as soon as the shot was played. If he follows through there, he might be able to put a block on to stop Miratovic from, you know, finishing that ball. But he stops as soon as the shot's taken, so... Yeah, that was that was disappointing for us. And then we had yeah. to wait a long time for a second. But um, yep. we're Wellington, I, I'm, I, I think we're lucky to come away with only the 1-0 deficit at halftime. But then even even 20 minutes into the second half, I didn't think we were going to score. And then a few substitutions made. And straight off the training yard, what a set-piece routine from uh, O'Doherty through a lovely... Free kick over the top to Keanu Backers, who is the king of assists, according to Jamie Brown. Oh yeah, back across goal for Kwame Yaboa to head into a practically empty net. That was that was really good to watch. It's, we score off a set piece. That's 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 new. <laughs> it, it was it was right in front of us too, so you could sort of see them communicating. Um, Ziggy Gordon was sort of communicating to Doherty what he wanted, and as soon as you see him running to take the kick, Ziggy Gordon sort of peels back, draws in two defenders on him. Keanu Backers just slides around the back of him. Beautiful, beautiful volley across goals and Yeboah Johnny on the spot, which is good to see. He's coming back into form. Beautiful goal. like One of the better goals that I've seen, what better crafted goals I've seen this A-League season. And we've seen a lot of goals. We've seen a lot of goals. Very. It's been a high-scoring A-League season. And this, I think the second goal the Wanderers scored five minutes later was probably a little bit more well-crafted as it was an open play goal. Mitch Duke coming on the field, uh, golden boy back into the Wanderers kit, and he comes on the field with Simon Cox and they just play a lovely little one-two combination in the middle. Flair there all all day to see with the ball played out to Daniel Wilmering with a fantastic cross with Duke. Duke again just drawing in two two uh, defenders at the front stick, leaving um, Bruce Kamau open at the back stick to slide a volley and to take the Wanderers into a 2-1 lead after they probably didn't even deserve to score one goal. Nah, yeah, perfect, perfect delivery from Wilmering. Just the cross couldn't have been any better to land right on, right on the inside of um, Bruce Kamau's boot. But you're right, little interplay between Cox and Duke. As soon as they come on the field, they were communicating to each other. Sort of in the warm-up, we could see them talking about what they wanted to do, and as soon as they're on the field, things started to happen. And Duke's presence, presence in the box just it unnerves defenders. doesn't matter how good a defender you are. Mitchell Duke is a world-class striker. When he comes on the field, you got to look out for him. And at this time, you know, two guys, they didn't know their roles and left Bruce Kamehameha wide open at the back for a beautiful volley. And I think they were worth the 2-1. I think they started to pick up. Once they conceded the goal, it was another 10 minutes before they actually started to kick into gear, but then they started to move the ball around, started to control the game, and I think they were good value for their 2-1 lead. That was until three minutes later, and then the bane of their <laughs> existence happens again, and they concede again from a set piece. 
very very similar to the set piece that they scored a free kick over the over to the back stick back across the goal and Louis Fenton heads into an open net yep um, I said some things about him during the game um, all, but positive, yeah. all positive things I reassure all you. positive of course such a, such a great player such, such a such a small head um, but yeah from a free kick another great set piece I mean we just saw one down the other end and then to bring this into the play I mean it is the Wanderers weakness set pieces you know um, and to see the way they sort of Ball goes across, header comes in, and then back post header from Fenton. And the, the the Wellington Phoenix fans just near us, down the other end of the field, going crazy. Makes it two all, but there was still plenty of time left. I really thought we were going to get a winner out of this one, and I was going to get to see more goals, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately. No, and then I think the Wanderers got really one-dimensional after yep. they conceded the second, and just playing the ball down the wing and trying to cross it into Mitch Duke, which didn't pay off, and the score ends two all. But yes, Wanderers have conceded eight goals this season. Seven of them have been either set pieces, corners, free kicks, and two penalties. Maybe three penalties. Yeah, not good. No. Um, not it's, good defending. I mean, it's, it's good, because we're not conceding from open play, but something they uh, something that Carl Robinson really needs to work on with the boys, just know that, man. But, um, yeah, as I said, disappointing that we didn't win, but really pleased that we didn't lose, and I thought we should have. So, two all draw with Wellington Phoenix there at the lovely Wynn Stadium on a Sunday evening. Beautiful as the sea, sea mist sort of started to roll in at the back end of the game was a nice view. We put one a photo up on our social, on our Twitter just to show you how nice it was, but just a good game in general, I'll be honest. It was good to be back at a game. It's been a while for me since the first round, and hey, I saw goals. That's all that matters to me. And we also got to saw Mr. Mark Bosnich, so I was really good to have a chat with him. Yep. And um, if you're listening, Bozza, love your work. Help us out uh, when you can. Follow we're us, not, come on the show. We're not, we're not asking a lot. We just we just love you as a person and we as a pundit. We just want to talk. We just want to talk. Boz, <laughs> we just want to talk. But we move on. We missed the Monday game, which was postponed. Not not immediately. I think it was postponed months ago when the borders actually opened up. So we go on to this Tuesday night fixture. Saw Sydney FC travel south of the border to Melbourne City. And I put, I put in my notes that Melbourne City jumping out to a surprising 3-0 lead. Jamie then pipes up. Not surprising when your best player and best player in the league is sitting on the bench in Milos Ninkovic. Correct. I don't understand that decision. I get that they're playing a lot of games, but this was a bigger game than the game against Brisbane. We know how good City can be. We know that they've not played well this season. You need to have your best players on the pitch. I mean, it is a grand final rematch. Yeah. You, 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 you're chasing... God, what a stutter. You're chasing the teams above you in Brisbane um, and the Mariners. You need to get wins, and you go down to Melbourne and leave your best player on the bench. I mean, Steve Corica, what are you doing, man? Graham Arnold wouldn't have done that. This this is what Jamie likes to call a letdown game, and boy, were they let down. Oh, yeah. With Jamie McLaren scoring a brace to bring Melbourne City out to a 3-0 lead. But then Ninkovic comes on, changes the game. Straight away. Straight away. Ninkovic is getting on the score sheet, and then Paddy Wood getting another goal this season, but they just couldn't couldn't seal the point, couldn't get, couldn't bring it back enough, not enough time, and they go down 3-2 in the lovely city of Melbourne. Yeah, I think one of the stats before the game was Sydney had won 10 of their last 11 games in Victoria, so well, they would have been pretty confident, but then you leave your best player on the bench, and bad things happen. I mean, they left it way too late because they should have bought him on after a minute, basically. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't have your best player on the bench. And Andrew Naboo was back from Melbourne City. He's been out with a hamstring injury. And he just tore them apart. Like, Jamie McLaren got the goals, but it was because of Andrew Naboo's work down that right-hand side. Sydney FC just couldn't handle him. He was he had such a great game. Good to see a player like him back. So Yeah, I really had missed the work of Andrew Naboo in, uh, in the season without him here uh, via injury. But yeah, it's really good to see him back. A player of his quality. Yep. 
just what we love to see in the A-League, isn't it? Oh, yeah. A Socceroo, a Speedstar. He, he's our Adama Traore. When you look at his guard, it's not as big I, as Adama Traore. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, Jamie, but um, Melbourne Victory actually have Adama Traore. Yeah, but, you know, we're talking about that muscle-bound guy that plays on the right wing for Wolverhampton in the Premier League. He is our version of him. Gets down the wing, gets to the byline, puts the perfect crosses in. Hard to stop, especially when Milos Ninkovic is on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, he's impossible to stop when Milos Nikolic yeah. is not there. We, we just Clearly. saw his defensive duties, mate. He's good. He's a good defender. Yep. Would have shut him down for sure. Definitely has the speed to cover him. Hundy P, Hundy P. But yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a big loss for Sydney FC, reigning champions. Oh, yeah. And yes, yes, I am smiling when I say that. <laughs> I'm not too upset, Maybe. to be honest. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But then we final final match of the round, which was on the Wednesday night fixture, saw Melbourne victory finally climb off the bottom of the Gorilla Bunnings ladder as they had a bottom-of-the-table clash with Wellington Phoenix. Victory coming away with a victory. 2-0. Rudy Gested with both goals. Maybe a little controversy in the first one. Yeah, looked like he was leaning all over the uh, Phoenix defender. I, you see it a thousand times, that, that call goes the way of Wellington. It's a free kick in the box. But, you know, the goal counted. He comes back from another injury and scores two goals. The second one was very much the same as the first, just less pushing in the back of the Wellington defender. Two headers, they just couldn't deal with him. So, yeah, credit to Melbourne. That's a bit of a pressure-relieving win for Grant Brebner, although there's still a shit ton of pressure on him. But, you know, a win is a win. You take that, you move on. Wellington Phoenix, it's going to be a long season for them playing out of Wollongong. So fans in Wollongong, get behind them. They need all the support they can get. I know I'll be trying to get to as many games as I can while I'm back in town, but... Yeah, just a tough place to go, Melbourne, especially when they got their backs against the wall and they proved they they got the they got the result they desperately needed, desperately needed. Very desperate for that result, but that that's our A League wrap up. But we move on to the W League. We do love the W League, and yep. Jamie's going to lead this one, aren't you, Jamie? Absolutely. It's I, if I've got a four o'clock A League game or a W League game, I'm watching the W League game as long as Archie Thompson's not commentating. Um, <laughs> wow! But imagine, I do love you, Archie. You're imagine digging into footballer. a man like that. I mean, he's a fantastic footballer, but, you know... Maybe quiet down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started off the weekend on Thursday night. As we were recording, we sort of touched on it last show. Western City Wanderers beat Perth 1-0, thanks to a Julianne Russell goal. Um, pretty decent game, to be honest. Um, Is that when you sprung of... it on me and said I'd be happy? Yes, and we talked about it before we recorded, but you just were still shocked. But <laughs> I'm always that... shocked. A good result for the Wanderers. Um, Perth are a pretty solid team, so to get a win against a team like Perth is very good for them. It had been a while between games for Perth, so maybe a bit of match rustiness. Um, the next game saw the Jets at home at Newcastle Sports Ground 2. Love the name of that stadium, although it's not really a stadium. Um, against Melbourne Victory, again, another loss to Melbourne by two goals, this time only 2-0. Uh, Morrison and a phenomenal striker from the Vict- Victory, um, Zimmerman, scoring their second goal from a well-worked play. It looked really good. Um, I actually thought the Jets probably looked a bit better. Uh, it's sort of in the middle bit, sort of leading into halftime and straight after. They had a lot of good chances. Um, Tara Andrews up front is a dominant force, was really close. Policina had an amazing shot. I can't believe it missed. And a couple of good crosses that should have been like sneezed, uh, scored upon. But um, unfortunately, they come away with another loss. It's not looking good for Jets women, as I sort of talked them up a couple of weeks ago on the show as a definitely a finals contender. But... Um, you know they they haven't been great the last couple of weeks, but I'm sure that they've got the quality. They've got a young, a good young right back in Tessa Tamplin, who's been lighting up at that at that right side of position for the Jets. She's coming good. 
they got play, good players all over the pitch, but on this this occasion, Melbourne Victory were just two class, which is a different sort of story for the way the men's game went this week. Yeah, it's good to see a, a Melbourne Victory team doing well. Um, they have now won three on the trot, so well done is to it? the Vic- yeah Victory ladies, mate. Three on the trot. Is it good to see them? Uh, I don't know. Melbourne Victory is Melbourne Victory to me. It's... Come on, we, we, we don't discriminate here. I know. I don't like the men's team and I don't like the women's That's team. Fair. Not That's fair. That's fair. Not, I, <laughs> I hate, hate them, everybody. I hate equally. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next game saw uh, Sydney FC at home to Adelaide. A 2-1 win for Sydney FC, getting them back on course after the thrashing they copped against Brisbane the week before. Remy Simpson, again, on the score sheet. She's having a phenomenal season. Remy, we'd love to get you on the show. We'd love to talk about the great season you're having. Um, and Courtney Vine, also getting on the score sheet. Another player for Sydney FC who's been impressing. Um, she's a striker slash winger who's a-, a ton of speed. Really hard to handle when she's playing. And um, her goal was... I don't know, she got us the slightest of touch from a cross into the box. You give her the goal, but it was more just the pressure she put on the keeper sort of to get in front of her and make a clean play at the ball to discourage the keeper from actually going to get it. So fantastic play for her getting a goal. And Adelaide got their goal through McNamara. Unfortunately, Sydney FC, when they get ahead, they're really hard to pet back. That's why Brisbane had so much success. They just belted them early and Sydney FC just couldn't claw their way back in. Um, and the game of the round for me, Brisbane versus Perth. Brisbane 4 Perth nil. I think I've seen goal of the season for the W League in this one. Yeah, Olivia Chance, yeah, and, Liv and, Chance, and the comp like shut it yeah. off. No more, no more, no more um, entries, please. This is an absolute thunderbolt. What a banger! I mean, the 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 setup sort of in the box for Brisbane, then just to lay it back to her, and as soon as the ball was coming to her, she had no thought other than I'm just going to lash the crap out of this, and couldn't hit it perfect. Postage stamp, top bins, as they say on Soccer AM. Just a beautiful goal, and her first in the A-League, uh, and for Brisbane, the New Zealand international, and Bristol City, former Bristol City player from the Women's Super League over in England, and just a phenomenal goal, to be honest. Like, watched it a thousand times. Just, I think we discussed goal of the week after that Wanderers game, and it was going to be the Wanderers set piece for their first goal, but as soon as I saw this, it was, no, nah, this is a goal no, of the week, yeah, it's done. 100%. Um, Emily Gelinek got a... Contender for goal of the week, yeah, that's, but two, Perth goalkeeper. Two good goals this game. Yeah, and not not surprising from Emily. She's a phenomenal striker, Matilda. Great player. She got two in this game. And the big note for me was Larissa Crummer coming on after 758 days since her last game of football. Injuries just absolutely taken their toll on her. But she got the fourth goal. Beautiful tap in at the back post. Well worked. I think from Emily Gellner, if I'm not mistaken. And... Just a great way to cap coming back into the league after such a long time out. It's a, um, it's she, a fairy tale, isn't it? It's, it's 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 what we love to see. It's it's what why we love this game. Just situations yep. like this, and through no fault of her own, out through injury, but to come back and score a goal on the return, it's it's what we love to see. You love to see it. Oh yeah, and she is a really good player. Um, so it's really good to see her back, and she got a really good ovation when she came off the bench, and an even bigger one when she scored that goal. So. I was re- I was actually really happy to see that happen because you know 758 days over two years since you've last played a game of football is a huge amount of time and to come back and you know pick it up just where you left off scoring goals is a huge achievement so congratulations Larissa Crummer welcome back to the to the W League and I look forward to seeing you score in the future and that's it for the W League games only four games this week okay. there was the Canberra Western Sydney Wanderers game which was played on the 29th of January but we've talked about that already. The hat trick, no hat trick from Michelle Heyman was the big one out of that game. Yep, yeah, that was um, yeah, months ago almost, <laughs> almost a month ago that game was yeah, played. Holy shit, yeah. But we move on. So uh, now we've got 
all the games played through this week, which is match week nine, I believe, in both the women's and the men's. Yep. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, match week nine, oh. heading into match week ten. Into match week ten. So we move on. We've got the updated ladders now. We'll start with the W League, because that's what we are just talking about, before we move on to the big Bunnings A-League ladder. Ooh, Bunnings. We'll do the Gorilla W League ladder. No, the W League sponsored still by Westfield, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. You clown. Know your leagues, Jamie. Uh, all I remember from Westfield was Frank Lowy falling off the stage at the grand final. It's, uh... Outstanding. <laughs> but Sydney FC, top of the ladder. Seven wins from eight games after their only one loss to Brisbane last week. But can we... I'm going to talk about Brisbane Raw. Brisbane Raw are currently sitting second on the Westfield's W League ladder. And they started with four straight draws. <laughs> They've now won five on the trot. And scored a lot of goals. They have, so. they have scored a lot of goals on the, on the way there. Uh, 21 goals for, might I add you, and six against. That's incredible. <laughs> Eight goals in the last two games, but... So. Yes. Yes, they are. So, yeah, Brisbane Raw sitting in second. Melbourne victory into third. Adelaide United rounding out the playoff spots in fourth position. Canberra United still two games in hand sitting in fifth. Western Sydney, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers with a game in hand sitting in sixth. Followed by Newcastle, Melbourne City, and Perth Glory, bottom of the ladder. Haven't played as many games as the other teams. No, they have only played five. They still have a lot of games to catch up on. Same with the men. Doesn't help when you lose back-to-back games in a weekend. No, it does not. But we move on to the Gorilla. Gorilla Ladders. A-League Ladder. I'm going to use that as a sponsor. I do love a Gorilla Ladder. Use them a lot for my profession. And Central Ladders. Central Coast Mariners top of the table. When was the last time you would have said that? Besides this season, obviously, because we've mentioned it a few times. Probably the season they won the competition when um, we talked about it with Nick Montgomery when he was playing and they had the mix of good quality uh, older players with the amazing youth like Tommy Rogic in that team. So no surprise they were top of the ladder back then. But they weren't because Wanderers finished top of the ladder that season. Thank you with the last yeah, round but we, win. The Mariners would have been on top of the ladder oh. at some stage through that season. They probably would. We don't know they're going to finish on top this year. I'll fight you. But Central Coast Mariners <laughs> sitting in the top spot, followed by Brisbane Royal MacArthur, New Boys, and Western Sydney Wanderers, and Sydney FC. So the three Sydney teams in the top five, which is outstanding, followed by Newcastle Jets with fantastic performances, bringing them up the ladder. Adelaide United sitting in seventh, Perth Glory in eighth, Melbourne City and Western United ninth and tenth, respectively. Yeah. Melbourne Victory now up into 11th with their win over Wellington Phoenix, and Wellington Phoenix rounding out the bottom of the ladder. So... Consistency with the two big cities of Australia, with Sydney having all three teams lined up, and then Melbourne having all three teams lined up, just at polar opposite (laughs) ends of the ladder. Are you telling me that there are five teams in New South Wales, and all five are in playoff positions at the moment? I'm going to say yes, because that is that is correct. We have five playoff spots. (laughs) We have six playoff spots, and the only one that is not from uh, New South Wales is the Brisbane Roar. Boo. Quiet. Although they do play a beautiful game of football with Warren Moon. They no, you know, they play at a beautiful stadium up at Redcliffe. Yes, I will. If the grand final happens to be in Redcliffe, I will be there. I accept. I believe the agreement is if they make the finals, they will be moved to Suncorp, oh, where a yeah, uh, friend of the show, Nick Adaman, is furious at that. He is uh, have a very good rant to me the other day when I saw him down in the lovely city of Sydney. Uh, yeah, he goes, you know what? When they start doing well and come crawling back, we don't want them. And I said. You wouldn't believe it. They're doing well. Yeah, they're already doing well, playing in a beautiful stadium and attractive style of football. The only reason you go back to Suncorp is you're right. If they make the final, they're going to be able to get thirty, maybe even 40,000 at that stadium. So, But for now, it's the perfect place to play. You get a great atmosphere. It's a great aesthetically looking stadium on 
on the TV, and I'm sure when we finally eventually get to go there, it'll be exactly the same in person. Yes. I just I, want to get there. It's great to see the league club in behind. But that's our A-League wrap for this episode. But we move on to what we like to consider goal of the week that we've spoken about. Yeah, kind of uh, preempted it. But uh, yeah, this is goal of the week. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And this week, it goes to... Olivia Chance in the Brisbane Raw with that absolute thunderbolt to put them 1-0 up against Perth Glory. Not much more we can say about it as we already talked a hell of a lot about it when we were reviewing the game, but just a phenomenal strike and possibly goal of the season. Like, such a good hit. It's amazing. And I want to thank Brenton Speed for the lovely bit of commentary for that goal, even though I may have stolen it from the Riley McGree Scorpion kick, but no one will ever know. I don't think anyone actually remembers that goal. It was always meant for this one. Yeah, yeah, this was exactly what he was... He was prepping for it, and yeah. just such a good goal. It's a, it's the, more, a, the more you think about it and the more you watch it, it's just perfectly hit, left boot, bending away, dipping to the top left-hand corner, just unbelievable it, We're talking about this, discussing this before the pod, and um, we're talking about it, and Jamie goes, do you think we're, we're maybe big-noting the W League a little bit too much because they've gone back-to-back goals of the week? And I'm sitting here thinking, well, no, because they've scored the two goals that we consider goals of the week have both been phenomenal, and yes, they yeah. may have both been from the W League, but I'd take them any day of the week. I can't, I can't hit a ball like that at all. And I'll be honest, the second best goal of the week was probably Emily Gelnick, so they were one and two. This <laughs> yes, week, so. It doesn't matter which one we picked. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It, it, it's hard to pick an A League game goal when the W League are just doing it so much better. We will be posting the goal up on our socials if you want to check yep. it out. It's an amazing hit. Oh yeah, and. Olivia, we'd love to get you on the show because you are an international for New Zealand. You've played in the WSL and you're lighting up. Like, just her general play in general for Brisbane has been amazing. Her passing is probably her biggest attribute and she's killing it for Brisbane. There's a reason why they're number two on the ladder and she was a big reason why they destroyed Sydney last week. Yeah, absolutely, Hundy P. But I think we're going to move on to probably what I've been looking forward to the most ever since it happened last Friday and it was handed to us on a silver platter. Didn't have to wait long. It's time for Jamie's Spray. This week's spray is entirely directed at the two refs involved in the horrific officiating of the Adelaide Mariners game on Friday night. Adam Fielding, the field ref, and Kurt Ames, the VAR. I just... What the... What the hell... For one, that first penalty, Stefan Mork... Basically admitted it at half time when they talked about it. It's like, oh, any other player, if they felt contact like that in the box, would go down. For one, he didn't. He initiated the contact. Tongik had stuck his foot out to try and kick the ball, realized he'd missed it, pulled back, and then Stefan Mork had kicked into his leg and dived like he was diving in the Olympics. I get that, yeah, okay, you've seen contact, so you give that penalty. Really shouldn't have been given. Like, you need to pull your head in fielding. But then to go up the VAR and have a look at it, and not even bring the referee over to have a look to see... Whether or not it should still be a penalty, you have that ability. How do you fuck that up? You look at it a thousand times. How do you still think, nah, you know what, nah, yeah, that's right, that's a penalty, that's definitely a penalty. Like, seriously, pull your fucking head in. That is ridiculous. And then, the second half, you double down when more comes into the box again, is pulling the Central Coast defender just as much as the Central Coast defender is pulling him. He goes down, and you blow another penalty. And Kurt Ames, shame on you for not going in and going, hey, mate, you've got this one wrong as well. This should not be a penalty. And overturning it and just, you know, basically it could have been a Mariners free kick. That's probably where you should have gone. But the fact that you gave a second penalty to put Adelaide back in the game again is ridiculous. The level of officiating in the A-League is just 
appalling. Strebray Dolovsky come out the next day and said, the first two penalties in that game were not penalties. He has got that wrong completely. And Strebray Dolovsky is probably the best referee we've seen come to Australia. So the fact that he's telling you you're wrong, you're wrong. It's just appalling that you've taken away a win from a team that's doing so well this year after going through so much the last couple of seasons to absolutely rob them of a point and a win, realistically, is just appalling. Adam Fielding shouldn't even be refing NPL on the weekend, let alone an A-League game. He shouldn't even be the fourth official. He couldn't even get that right, really. And Kurt Ames, I mean, this is the, the textbook reason why we shouldn't have VAR, because we just can't get it right in this country. You're watching these Premier League games, VAR is put into practice and always comes out with the right result. We, I would say maybe 10% of the time we get the right result with VAR in this country. It's just unbelievable how bad the officiating is. There is only one good referee in the A-League, and that is Alreza Fagani, and he's the Iranian guy who came over to this country to ref, and he is the best ref in this country. Chris Beath, in the Sydney FC game, pulled up the play when Sydney FC were making an attack because a player went down with his hamstring injury. That is not a life-threatening injury, Chris Beath. Know the rules. You don't stop play for something like that. If it's a head injury, fair enough. He was literally grabbing his hamstring, clearly communicating to the bench that he had an injury and you stopped the play, stopping Sydney FC from an attack, possibly costing us a result in the game. I just don't understand how the refereeing can be so bad in this country. Like, we have such a good league. We have really good players, really good football, and the referees constantly, week in and week out, screw it up and ruin the game. It's about time, now that we do have new league ownership in the APL, that they sort this shit out because this is unacceptable. We have better referees in our Sunday league games in MacArthur than they get in the A-League. So... Pull your fucking heads in, and I swear to God, Adam Fielding should not be refereeing another game this year. And if he does, and he has another performance like this, seriously, pull your head in. Go back to your day job. I'm done. You might you might have a heart attack with your old age if you keep carrying on like that. Hi. <laughs> My face is a bit red. Just a little bit. But um, I, I agree with most. I'd say about 95% of that. Um, And... You're dead right. That was absolutely appalling officiating. With the head of the referees coming out and saying that those two penalties aren't penalties, it's kind of like, well, what's the point of you even saying that? Like, it's not yeah. going to change the result. The result isn't going to have two goals scrubbed off Adelaide United. They're not going to lose their three points. They're not going to become a draw or whatever. It's it's meaningless. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's good that you've come out and admit they were wrong, but you admitted they were wrong. The referee hasn't come out and said they were, he made yeah. a mistake, and that's where I think. Jamie McLaren, in an interview, kind of spoke about this. Um, if if players aren't performing, the coach gets scrutinised. If players miss an open chance or get sent off, they get scrutinised. The referees aren't liable for anything. They get to go home and just do nothing. Like, it's yeah, they they're not held accountable for their actions. No. And these were appalling actions that cost the team a result. Like, imagine if the Mariners were on the back of seven losses in a row, and then this happens, and Alan Stachic is now sacked, and then the next day. Oh, Strebe Dolovsky comes out and says, oh, they weren't penalties. They shouldn't have been given, and the Mariners should have won that game. Doesn't matter now. He's already been fired. Referees cost players and managers their jobs, and they're never held accountable for their terrible decisions. It's ridiculous in all sports around the world. Yeah, not not just the Hyundai League. I think we just it just needs to improve. It needs to be looked at. and It needs to be scrutinized a little bit further than what yep. it is. Just look into it deeper. Get, get the best referees in the in the country doing it. Or, as we said, we've got one international referee coming over, the Iranian, and look, he's yeah easily the best referee we've got, Oh yeah, which is really disappointing. There's a lot of good referees coming through. I think it's a bit hard that we've lost a few of our better referees over to England through um, yep. Jared Gillard, I think it is. 
Jared Gillett, yep. Yeah, so that's... He's now VAR over there. VAR so. and a championship referee. So that's, look, that's the second highest in English in English football. So to lose people like that, we do have a lot of good referees coming through and good linesmen coming through. That's the one thing I want to talk about as well. This is my part of Jamie Spray. The one thing that I hate the most is I understand... Oh, yeah. yep. I understand the offside rule, and if they've told linesmen to let the play move on, but I swear to God, if he's five metres offside, just call it. We know he's offside. If it's close, yep. I get it. That's what the VAR's for. But if he's two, three, four, five, six, seven metres offside, just put your flag up. Don't waste my time. Yeah, you're right, because what if that player is now running in at a goalkeeper, and they both collide trying to get the ball, and that goalkeeper breaks his leg, or one of them gets injured, when all you had to do was put your flag up when you realised, hey, he's seven metres offside. Stops the play dead. But instead, you allow it to run until he becomes an interference in the play, and we could have injuries. Just put your fucking flag up, like. But shout out Brad Wright. You do a hell of a job on those lines, mate. Yes, Bradley Wright from the Campbelltown area that Jamie knows very well, and now has yep. publicly... Shamed him as a referee. You're a dog, Jamie Brown. You are a dog. Oh, we all know him. He, his name comes up on the thing, and he's actually a hell of a good referee. He was when he was ref in our leagues, and he's now a really good linesman in the A-League. And so. his brother, Cameron, also rising through the ranks and should join him very shortly. But yep. that's that's our spray. See, we're, we're polite to the referees we know. Yeah, we're, I mean, there are good referees out there. You, you said um, Chris Griffith-Jones was a really good referee when he was coming through. Uh, Strebray Dolovsky himself was a really good referee in the A-League. Um I think it was Paul Shields in the early days of the A-League. As much as I hated him because of the decisions he made, he was a really good referee. So we've had good referees. We can produce good referees. We have one in England right now. It's just why do we keep giving jobs to the ones that are terrible? Or maybe how about pay them better so that we can actually encourage better referees to want to ref our league? There's another option. Make it so that they don't have to go do other jobs. I actually used to... My old maths teacher in high school was an A-League referee. Mr. Old Jared Parsons. So that was, yeah, he was a high school hey, teacher. Yeah. And, as well as an A-League referee. And he was alright. We used to give him shit in, in mathematics, but that's alright. <laughs> that's just what we do. But that's that's Jamie's spray and my little contribution to uh, to that spray. And I think I'm done. Jamie's almost having a heart attack. He needs to go home. <laughs> the one thing I want to add is we sort of discussed it beforehand. Just some Socceroos news. If you haven't seen it already, they've decided to pull out of the Copa America, which... For me, it's a shame. I understand the whole COVID situation and Brazil's really not handling it. So it is a big shame. It would have been good to test ourselves up against some of those amazing South American powerhouses, but you understand why they've made the decision. Player safety is paramount when it comes to these types of things. So it is just a shame because it would have been really nice to see them play the likes of Brazil, Argentina, Chile, teams like that with superstars on them. But, you know, right decision in the end. You got to you got to give them credit making a tough decision like that. No, it's it's a really good choice by the FFA to not send them over to the Copa America. Which, to be fair, I don't know why we're in it anyway. We're not part of the Americas. I know, but it's good just to play against good teams. It's, the Asian Cup's great, but we're not part of Asia either. Brazil. This is yeah. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> just gonna beat up on New Zealand in the Oceania Cup of Nations. Like, you leave New Zealand alone. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's been a long time since they've beaten us. Let's be honest. Right. We're gonna we're gonna end it now. Sorry, New Zealand. We know yep. we have New Zealand listeners. We apologise. I my views aren't the same as Jamie Brown's. Question here. Hey, I was barricading for the Phoenix in that game. I want to see the Wellington Phoenix do good. You called them Wollongong Phoenix four times. It's just because they're playing in Wollongong. It's it's Wellington and Wollongong is the same amount of syllables. It starts with a W. Actually, I think to, this is this is the final end of the show kind of bit, but I did really enjoy the fact that when we went there, all the signs were for the city of Wellington. 
or the yeah. Diocese of Wellington. <laughs> the local government yeah, of Wellington. Well, that's that's good value from the Phoenix, and well done to Wollongong for hosting an A-League team. And as we said, get there, support the fans. We've gone on along the long line this podcast. I think it's time to end it, Jamie. Yeah, that's it for this week. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week, and pretty sure we're going to have a player interview on next yes, week's show. We so do. stay tuned for that. Yeah, hopefully, finally, finally going to deliver again. So yeah. on those promises I make, all these promises, and so you won't have to just listen to our annoying voices. Or sorry, Jamie's annoying voice and my sultry sounds. We do have an interview lined up. Whether or not it goes ahead, we'll let you know next week. We'll post about it in our socials. But that's been us this week, Jamie Brown. Talk to you guys next week. Bye. Get out of my house. Thanks for tuning in for this week's episode of The Circle in Rectangle Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to hit us up on our socials, they are The Circle in Rectangle Show on both Facebook and Instagram. Drop us an email, cnrshow at gmail.com, or hit us up on our Twitter at cnrshow. See you all next week.